from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Folks, welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. We are part of the Locked On Network, and we have a lot going on, and that includes bringing on guests like Matt Derrick. How are you, Matt? I am doing okay, Ryan. How about yourself? I'm uh, I'm, I'm wondering what we're going to talk about. And yes, folks, yeah. we'll give you the answers that we have. We're going to do this thing. We're going to get into what it means down the line. So I'll just say this. Um, Matt Derrick, ChiefsDigest.com. Not the fun way to start the off season, right? Like the week after minicamp breaks and you have to deal with legal trouble. Is it? I know. I, I know we'll have to talk about some of the details and I want to give you kudos Great job getting the actual information, what limited information there is. But it's just all of a sudden, one weekend after this, this is becoming, I think, a, a problem with the team is that we're always seem to have to deal with these little things. Is that, am I over dramatic about that? Uh, not in my mind, because the Chiefs just seem to have drama that follows them around. I mean, it, it just seems to happen a lot. And, and unfortunately, the cliche in the NFL is that this time of year, everybody's on vacation, and the only news that breaks is if somebody gets arrested. And what do you have happen? You know, just a couple of days after offseason workouts end, you get Frank Clark arrested. It just, yeah. unfortunately, it's it happens in the NFL, and the Chiefs have not been a stranger to it. Like, no, what is the, the saying? Nothing good after midnight, uh, nothing good in July. <laughs> like, it should, you want quiet. You want this this thing that I think we as media always hate in that there's nothing to talk about unless there's something bad to talk about. So we might as well recap where we are. And it is Tuesday, so I don't think there's been a ton more than what you found out last night after I recorded the last show. But it looks like an incident, um, vehicle incident that then led to what they found was in, uh, was it unregistered or what was the deal with this charge? Well, and in both cases, both the, you know, stemming from the arrest in March and from the stemming from the arrest the other night, um, with Frank Clark. I mean, it's very, two similar, very circumstances. You know, there were vehicle stops. Um, during the stop, the authorities discovered, witnessed a, a weapon in sight, part of a weapon in sight, did more of an investigation and found a weapons in the vehicle. Um, California has some fairly stringent, laws in this nature, a little bit more stringent than some other states. So uh, it's not uncommon in a case like this that, you know, if, if the individuals in the vehicle are charged, we do not know. And the first incident from March, you know, who was driving, who was in the possession of the, of the weapons, who were they registered to? We don't have any of that information. And we also don't have any information regarding a court date. I mean, I know there's a lot of us who are looking in trying to get the court records for this. Uh, but we haven't gotten all the information yet, you know, whether there were actually any charges stemming from that, whether that issue was just completely disposed. We don't know about the March situation yet either. And, of course, we don't know a whole lot more about the the incident from the other night either, other than that you know, there is an October court date set for it. Um, but a lot of things can change between now and then. You know, there's going to be an investigation. The authorities will do their investigation. Uh, the NFL is going to do their investigation. Um, what those find, you know, will certainly have an impact on what happens with Frank Clark. But even with the, you know, the incident the other night, again, we don't know who was the owner of the, the weapons in question. We don't know mm -hmm. the complete details about the traffic stop, what happened. Um, there's a lot of information that's still up in the air and how that comes out, you know, what information comes from the dual investigations that we're going to see in the months and weeks ahead 
will go to determine a lot about, you know, what will happen to Frank Clark and if there's going to be any, you know, league or legal uh, punishment that comes down. And, and we'll talk about some of the the possible re- repercussions from the league, especially in the next segment. And then I want to get into what this means for the team. But before that, some of the details, like the way that it was worded, uh, arrested for possession. This is not a use case. This is not, you know, waving it around or anything like that. But my question to you is, again, with the March thing that I was barely aware of, I knew something had happened. I didn't realize it was a gun charge. Um, and so that that changes things for why we didn't see him in OTAs. That makes a little bit more sense to me now. But when you take a look at the, the breadth of, of Frank's history, and we all know that he had some run-ins in college as well, does that play into what the, the vagueness of that charge might actually pertain to? Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, you know, with the charge – we don't know a lot of things. I mean, you know, you're if you're in a situation like that, if you're in a vehicle in California that has a, a weapon that the authorities discover in that, that situation, essentially anybody in the vehicle is going to be charged. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. And then they they investigate that going forward. I mean, that's that's how the process unfolds. And so that's why, you know, even with both these cases, you know, we haven't gotten the complete information about you know, whether it was Clark or the other individual in the vehicle that was the owner of those guns or whether it was a third party and that one of these guys in the car had possession of the gun. You know, and the one report we have, the, uh, the, the authorities saw the muzzle out of a bag. We don't know whose bag that was. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're just from based on the police reports alone. We don't have a lot of information. And honestly, I mean, especially with the second incident, which at this point probably has a little bit bigger bearing uh, on Clark going forward. I mean, the fact that we don't know anything about any any court proceedings, anything that stemmed from the March case, honestly, at this point is probably good news for Frank Clark. Um, the second incident's more worrisome. I mean, and that's going to cause a lot of questions and a little bit further investigation. So, you know, to me, you know, it's what can Chiefs fans really expect over the next few weeks and months? Honestly, I don't think I would be surprised if we hear from Frank Clark or the Chiefs before the beginning of training camp. I mean, I think that's the first time that we will hear anything. Um, And part of that is because everybody is on vacation. I mean, guys are out of town. I mean, they're they're on beaches. They're riding horses. I mean, that's they're on island somewhere. I mean, that's that's what the players do this time of year. And and honestly, it's guys and people, the, the women and, and men in the front office, too. I mean, they do the same things. This is their vacation time. So um, the first time that we hear anything from the team or Frank Clark, I think will probably be the beginning of training camp. Um, the fact that nothing is you know set for a court date until October, there's this is not going to be a, necessarily a quick resolution. If there's a quick resolution to this case, that's also going to be good for Frank Clark. Um, but the most likely, you know, as far as how this impacts him on the field, the NFL wheels move very, very slowly. So I would be very surprised if there was any punishment handed down, if there's punishment handed down by the NFL, that it's done before the end of this season. I would likely bet with that as well. And if you guys want to bet, you should check out our friends over at Bet Online AG. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. But the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. An interesting thing to me when we take 
bigger step back is again, like you said, maybe it stays drawn out. If there is something quick, maybe it is like, Hey, this was not the right individual. If anything quick happens, it's most likely in a disarming of the situation. But a couple of things that are big in terms of the Chiefs situation, what Chris and I looked at yesterday is some of the concepts. And I'd like you to weigh in on your thoughts. If this comes down to be something that a, he is charged with and uh, faces league discipline, like you said, it may not even happen this year, but eventually it likely will if it is of the severity that, that it could be. In that case, the Chiefs right now stand to save a little bit of money in that case because if you are put on the um, commissioner's list, as my understanding that your cap money comes off of the total cap in the meantime until you are relieved from that suspension. Is that correct? That I would need to double check. Um, I, and now remember too, uh, I don't believe that Frank Clark is going to be the suspect to the commissioner's exempt list necessarily, because on the one hand, you know, the commissioner's exempt list is specifically for crimes of violence and, and crimes mm-hmm. of, uh, if there's of, of against a person, um, gun crimes, illegal possession of a, of a gun does not fall under the commissioner's exempt list. The only way that it does is if the league's investigation finds that there is credible evidence to believe that the player was involved in the allegation and, and is likely to be found guilty in a court. And even then, I mean, according to the NFL's policy, you know, policy, you could go on the NFL exempt list if the NFL investigation concludes that it's likely he's going to be guilty. Then you could, but that's not anywhere soon. I mean, and that's would have to be an investigation. And even then, I mean, the NFL's, you know, policy states that they won't even hand out a, a, a penalty for suspension until the court case is done as well. So the likelihood of Frank Clark ending up on the commissioner's exemplus because of the nature of these charges is almost negligible. Um, there's okay. a small, small chance, but that's only after the NFL investigation is complete. And if the investigation determines that it's likely that Frank Clark is guilty of something. Okay, so we got that out of the way. That is probably the question that I've gotten the most in the first 24 hours since this news broke, is what does it do to the cap? Okay, so forget that. Uh, doesn't affect his numbers in, in the likelihood, and so that leaves them quite a bit in a lurch. If if there's a suspension of some kind, whether from the Chiefs or from the league, where he's unable to play, he's still on the, the cap total. So you're not getting any relief there. So then it turns to what is the the process. I feel like there's a lot of similarities being drawn between what happened with Kareem Hunt and what is happening here with Frank. Uh, A, being another pattern, I think that is some legitimate concern about what is going on with the overall picture of where Frank Clark is in his career in relation to this franchise. Yeah, and, you know, and even circling back on, on one of the cap questions, I will say, um, you know, there are ways that the Chiefs and, and, and this is maybe and bringing the Kareem Hunt question into it as well. Remember, Kareem Hunt was on a rookie deal. There was nothing mm-hmm. guaranteed. I mean, yeah. the Chiefs were able to walk away from Kareem Hunt without any issues whatsoever. Um, Frank Clark's salary for 2021 is guaranteed. Um, he's got not only the signing bonus out there, but the restructured bonus as well. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of complicating factors. Could the Chiefs release him and try to recoup that money? They could. But once again, that is not a 2021 fiscal question. I mean, that's something that if they were able to recoup money from Frank Clark and get a cap credit, that's a 2022 mechanism, not one for this season. Um, but between the two situations, I mean, once again, I mean, it's 
remember the, the really the the Kareem Hunt situation was so unique and so unusual because the Chiefs felt like the the Kareem Hunt wasn't honest with them. And from everyone that I've talked to in the organization, um, while everyone's being fairly tight lipped about this, there's no sense that they were surprised by this, which is an indication that Clark told the team about the situation that he was in. And if the Chiefs are aware of that and they understand and they know what the, what is going on for this organization, that's completely different when they felt like that they got blindsided in the Kareem Hunt situation. So um, the, the fact that we seem to have a lot of evidence that Frank Clark has been keeping the team in the loop and that they are aware of this. Um, people I talked to were aware of the incident, you know, before we were in the media. So that's, uh, you know, a, a, a distinct difference between Clark's situation and Kareem Hunt's situation. Well, I think that's a significant distinction, too, because then at least everybody's still rowing in the same direction. And I think the franchise can say whatever the circumstances are that you personally were in on a given evening, that we feel that you are with us and our organization. We can stand behind you to the point that we find out you actually did something wrong. Um, that seems to be quite a bit different for me. And I think that bodes well for if there isn't anything legal wise that is a ramification of this incident, that Frank Clark is going to be on this roster through his contract. Is that real? Yeah, I, I, I certainly think it is for this season. I mean, I, I, at this point, I have not seen or heard anything that would suggest to me um, that Chiefs and, and Clark would part ways before the 2021 season or during the season. After the season becomes a whole totally different question, because remember with, you know, Frank Clark's contract, it was always built as a, it was a five year deal, but it was built as three years and then an opt out. And at this point, you know, hey, has has Frank Clark made the case on and off the field that he is going to get those last two years of this contract? I'm not sure you can make that case right now. So um, after this season, I mean, this this essentially was going to be a contract season for Frank Clark as it was. I think it's even more so now. Yeah, makes sense. I want to know what the details are going to be like. What can they do on the field? I have a couple of theories. I want to get your takes. We're going to do that coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors. But let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
So evidently, technology is going to mess with me all day today, and that's just the way that it's going to be. Um, I, we will recover, I promise. Uh, interesting thing to me, I thought that going into this season, the pass rush was going to be one of the question marks. We all are excited about the prospect of Chris Jones being out on the edge. He certainly is. But that doesn't necessarily mean that while I think the front four would be stronger in that configuration with Frank on one side, Chris on the other, Darren Reed and Derek Naughty in the middle, um, supplemented with Wharton, I would believe would be the first guy in there in the rotation. I have to see it come together. I can't say that that is automatically going to be a better pass rush unit than what we saw last season. So even with the Frank news, I thought that this was still a question mark. How do you feel about the group and especially knowing what we know that it may not even come to any kind of, of disciplinary action for Frank Clark, that he's going to be there. How does that four stack up in your mind compared to say what we saw last season? Yeah, I think it's a very fair question about how this is going to stack up because you know, the Chiefs had a lot of injuries on the defensive front last year. I mean, they had to make a lot of adapt- adaptations, and I think that was a really big part of, you know, what did hurt a little bit of that that pass rush that they had last season and the productivity. I mean, and also some of it was, you know, what teams did to you know, kind of counteract what the Chiefs were doing defensively and what Steve Spagnuolo's plan was. And I think you saw that, you know, what they were trying to do was, one, you find a way to just slow down Frank Clark, you know, maybe you, you run a little bit more at him in the passing game and the run game to slow him down. And then you worry about Chris Jones. Um, the Chiefs feel that by separating the two, you know, and having them on the edge and then adding somebody who's got some good pass rush ability like Jerron Reed on the, in the middle, that that kind of three headed monster makes it a little bit easier to do that. A little bit, a little bit more difficult for teams to do that, you know, as far as separating, you know, Chris and, and Frank. You know, it makes it a little bit more of a picture poison kind of an option. And that's what they're really going for. I mean, they want to make it so that and from what we've heard from, I think, you know, really Steve Spagnuolo and Chris Jones, the plan is essentially fine. You identify the weakness of the opponent that week. Chris Jones is going to attack that. That's going to be the guy. And, you know, what? if that means that maybe he plays a little bit more inside, I think you'll see that. But I think you also saw during the during OTAs when we heard from Chris Jones He's excited about this. I mean, he wants to play on the edge badly. And I'm really curious to see, you know, what, you know, it's not that we haven't seen a happy and motivated Chris Jones in the past. He's always been, I think, happy and motivated. But you add to that the excitement that he has. I'm really curious to see what that that adds to his game. And and the Chiefs feel like Reed is, is an important addition in the inside because he's not Chris Jones. Let's face it. That's not. He's not as as capable. He doesn't have the flexibility that Chris Jones has. But at the same time, Jerron Reed's a really good pass rusher in specific situations on the inside. And now you've got three options, which frankly the Chiefs didn't have last year. I mean, any time with the injuries that they had last season, there were no time that they could put three quality pass rushers out there on the field at the same time. Now they feel like that they can do that. And yeah, I'm curious to see how they, they do work around some specific situations because Mike Dan, I think, is going to be seeing some time. Um, Josh Kando, I think, is going to find the field in some passing situations. You're right. You know, Tershawn Wharton's going to see the field. It wouldn't even surprise me to see Tershawn Wharton being a guy that moves around a bit on that line and maybe plays a little bit of edge because he did that in college. I mean, he was he was a really productive edge player there. So uh, I think there's a chance that if the if this line stays healthy, it can be a little bit more varied and less predictable than they were a year ago. And that's what they're really going for. I mean, they're trying to create a defensive front 
that each week can adapt and do things differently. Whereas last year, I think you got a pretty consistent, not necessarily vanilla, but maybe at least a vanilla scented front four. And, you know, and, and honestly, yeah, Frank Clark's a big part of making sure that they've got that and, and how productive he is, how many games is he's available. I mean, that he's still a key, key player in that defense. Okay. You, you went and did it. So now I'm naming it. This, this, this needs to be the ghost pepper defensive front this season, <laughs> not um, scented vanilla. No, that's not going to work. We need some heat in here. We need some I, spice. I, I, I like where you're going with that. I, I'm, I'm, it's done. I'm going to use that all season long. Go for um, it. I noticed one guy you didn't mention, and I do want to get your take on, on Taco Trouton. I know he's coming off of an injury, et cetera, though, but I feel like he, if he could put it together, and maybe this whole drama with Frank Clark gives the whole group an edge to go out and perform better. Do you feel like Taco's in, in a position that, A, they're going to give him more than just a glancing look, and B, do you think he can step in and become the pass rusher in relief of the starters that they are going to need? Yeah, I think he's definitely going to be a piece. And it's really, I think it is going to be curious how he fits in. I mean, um, all indications are that he is back fully healthy from last season. So if that's the case, then, you know, he's certainly a productive player that they can use in specific situations. I am curious how he's going to fit into the rotation because I'm, I don't know, you know, that he's necessarily the first guy that's going to get some chances. And, and maybe he will in specific situations. But, you know, when you're talking about, Who's a guy that they can bring in in passing situations who can, you know, maybe pursue the run a little bit and drop back in pass coverage? Probably Mike Dana is the guy that they trust in that situation. Um, if they're looking for pass rush, you know, who are they going to bring in? I mean, Kando might be that. He's got a lot to prove. And that's putting, you know, some expectations on what Kando can become this season. Charlton at that point, to me, becomes maybe just a little bit of the depth piece. I don't know that he's necessarily someone that you know you're creating specific packages or looks for like some of these other young guys and let's face it i mean taco charlton is still a you know it, it's a proven kind of deal so yeah if the chiefs can can include him into this look this year and get some, some productivity out of him they will but he's not a guy that they're building this defense around you know kando dana those are the guys that they're hoping that are going to be a part of this defense for the next three or four seasons charlton's not that guy i mean he might become a productive player and he's certainly got that in him, but I think he's got a little bit of the proof to this defense and this team. And he's got to show that he's a significant upgrade over the young guys that they're trying to develop. I, I think it's going to be great to see. And, and folks, the, the ghost pepper defense is going to continue to grow. Uh, you have five more chances to hear Matt before we're in camp and we actually see something. So don't miss everything at chiefs digest. And when he's here every week, Matt, thanks for doing it again. Absolutely, Ryan. Thanks a lot. Folks, thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.